This is Andrea Chase, and I'm talking with Joseph Gordon-Levitt about Looper, a cautionary tale about quick fixes, personal responsibility, and the difference between knowledge and wisdom. The conceit is time travel in a near and far future where only the mob uses it and does so only to dispose of people by sending them backwards in time to their execution, where they can never be traced. To do this, they use the eponymous Looper's hitmen with short-range guns and a convenient sense of morality. The story has Joe, a Looper played by Gordon-Levitt, confronting and confronted by his older self, played by Bruce Willis, in an action-packed dialectic about more than doing the right thing at the right time and then living with the consequences. It's about being able to know in a world of infinite possibilities and infinite timelines what that right thing is. The film co-stars Emily Blunt, Paul Dano, Piper Perabo, Noah Segan, and Jeff Daniels. His previous work includes Gregor Iraqi's Mysterious Skin, Scott Frank's The Lookout, and two tours of duty with Christopher Nolan in Inception and The Dark Knight Rises. He can also be seen this summer zipping around Manhattan as a bike messenger with an unswerving moral compass in Premium Rush. Looper was written and directed by Ryan Johnson, with whom Gordon Levitt collaborated on Johnson's stunning debut film, Brick. You uh, you were in Brick, of course, Ryan Johnson's first film, and you were also in his second film in just the briefest of brief cameos <laughs> for about 10 seconds. Good eyes. And I understand from Ryan that you spent several hours on a plane to go to Eastern Europe to make that cameo. And I'm just curious, why why that, that trip? Why that amount of time to get there for such a little amount of screen time? What is it about Ryan Johnson? Well, he's just a dear friend of mine. And, you know, we've been close ever since we made Brick together. He really is one of my best friends. And um, I wanted to I wanted to see him do a bigger movie. You know, Brick was so small and beautiful for that. And Brothers Bloom was, was uh, a chance for him to do something on a grander scale, which is, uh, you know, part of why I guess it's all the more satisfying to see him get to do Looper and, and you know, see something of his come together in such a big way. It, it's nice to see the good guy get what he deserves. Absolutely. Brooke was so brilliant. The first time we saw it at a press screening, we all wanted the DVD so that we could learn all the lingo from yeah. it. You know, I think I'll just sit here and bleed at you yeah. for a while, for example. <laughs> What's it like working with him again on this film? In many ways, it's the same. It was an independent film, but it's also different. You've, you've both had such wonderful things happen with your careers. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean, it was different. It's bigger, and, you know, he's, he's grown, I've grown, but I think the similarities were more striking than the differences. It still felt like I was making a movie with my good friend, and that feels great. It's so fun to come to work in the morning and... You know, I know him really well. I know his taste. We've watched countless movies together. We've had endless conversations about these things. And so it makes it all the easier to get inside his head and understand what he's looking for. And and it helps because then, you know, the big things are kind of all taken care of, you know, the you know, the trust and everything. And, and that's when you can really delve into the nuances. And, and it's those little details you can find once you really know each other that, that I think really enrich a performance in a movie. In this film, you, you play a younger version of Bruce Willis. There was prosthetic makeup to make you look like him. Mm -hmm. You did a fine job of capturing the youthful essence. But I'm just, I'm curious, was there any discussion about maybe making Bruce Willis look a little like you? No, not really. You know, it only seemed proper that the junior would defer to the senior. And, and I actually think that, that Bruce is uniquely perfect for this role because of, of his sort of iconographic, legendary uh, place in our psyche as as movie fans because we were so used to him being a hero and in looper there aren't really heroes and villains there's human beings and and uh to cast bruce in that light 
is really intriguing. Yeah, this film, um, too, and, and, and afterwards, I just didn't know who to root for because anyone you root for is wrong. Anyone you root for is right. Well, it's kind of like real life in that way, I guess. Talking about having to, to become the younger version of Bruce Willis, this is not an impersonation. Oh, thanks. It's not just the face, it's not just the smile, but the voice. This is the younger version of the older Joe. I yeah. mean, what is that like relearning the geography of your face or how <laughs> yeah. you react or your choices? Uh, lots of time in the mirror, that's for sure, which is not normal when you're, you know, acting. You don't normally want to like look at your face a lot per se, but this was a performance that was uniquely informed by the, the makeup. And, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't want the makeup to be too severe. We wanted it to be subtle. But for me, to have a different face is just a fascinating and inspiring tool at my disposal. And, and, it, and in that way, a lot of the performance did kind of come from the outside in, where normally you do things more from the inside out. Because you had the prosthetic, were there any things you couldn't do? No. And that was, that was a, a condition we always talked about. We, we couldn't be restricting my face. And, and it didn't. I could move my face any which way that I tried, and, and the makeup stuck with it. You've made so many smart choices about films in, in building your, your body of work. And was there a moment when you thought, this is what I want out of this career and this is how I'm going to go about getting it? <clears throat> wow, that's, that's quite a question. Um, well, I could tell the long story, I guess. I mean, I've been doing it since I was six and I've always really, really loved it. It's just one of those things that I don't think you can explain when you love something or you love somebody. It just is. And when I was younger... That was, about, that was about it. That's why I did it, because I personally loved it, and it just gave me a lot of pleasure. When I got older, um, I actually quit acting for a while when I turned 19, and I, I finished the TV show Third Rock from the Sun, and I went away for a couple years and went to college. And When I decided to come back, I, um, I still loved it, and I wanted to do it for that reason. But there was another reason, I guess, and that's I had grown into developing a, a, a some sort of I don't know, I cared about other people other than myself. When I was younger, I don't think I did so much. And uh, I had a desire to connect to the world. And I figured out that doing what I was already good at was a way that I could, that, that I could make that connection. And, and so, you know, I think nowadays I do it for, for both reasons. I do it just selfishly because I love it. But I also, I really love it when something I've done means something to somebody else. You know, if, if somebody comes up to me and, and, and they say, hey, you know, I saw Inception and, and it's been making me think about my dreams or, you know, I saw 50-50 and I know someone that went through that or, you know, those, those sorts of connections really mean the world to me. And uh, that's, that's, I guess, what I look for. Yeah, and, he, and the smaller films too, like The Lookout, which is a film I absolutely adore. Thanks. Or Uncertainty. Oh, you like that one? Good, thanks. Another I one. like that one too. Um, it's like you pick the best directors. What can I say? Thank you. You're also a man who doesn't mind getting thrown around a lot as part of your job. <laughs> is there anything you, you would not repeat or anything that you've discovered, hey, I really love being thrown off a bicycle into a windshield? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I loved riding a bike. I've sort of told myself I don't want to ride a motorcycle because uh, if that's what happens on a bike, I don't want to know what happens on a motorcycle. There's this lovely short film online called Escargot. Oh, wow. Which you did. And <laughs> That's I, so funny. You know, Ryan and I made that together. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, Jacques Prévert, I mean, when I was a little girl learning French, we all read Jacques Prévert. I'm very impressed, ma'am. He's easy, but he's also very profound. And just talk a little about uh, making that film and why you wanted to. And Wow. Cool. Well, uh, after we finished shooting Brick, Ryan and I made plans to 
take a trip to Paris. Well, <laughs> he had plans to go take a trip to Paris, and I was like, oh, I want to come too. And because uh, I, I just, I really love that town. And uh, we made an agreement that I would find a piece of text and he would bring his Super 8 camera and we'd make something there. And um, so I went looking for a poem and, or some kind of piece of text, and that's the one I found. Chanson des escargots qui vont à l'enterrement de Jacques Prévert. And uh, it means like song of the snails on their way to a funeral. And it's about these two snails and they're on their way to the funeral of a, of a fallen leaf in the autumn. And they're really these kind of death-oriented snails and they're wearing black and they're sort of, uh, they're obsessed with death and dying. Uh, but the, by the time they get to the funeral, because they're snails, they're slow, it's already the springtime and the leaves have come back to life. And uh, they're very disappointed because they were looking forward to a funeral. But then the sun comes and kind of gives them a few words of wisdom. And I just thought the poem was really cool. And it, it, we had a great time making it. It's, that's great you bring it up. Not a lot of people have, uh, have seen that little short film. Oh, and that's actually you reading the poem in French. Yeah, yeah, I did, a, I did a reading of it and made the music to it and edited it. And, and that was, that was a, you know, one of my earlier efforts, making something, directing something that Ryan really supported and encouraged. And, and, and now I've written and directed a feature. We're in the middle of editing it now. It's called Don John's Addiction. And um, uh, Ryan was equally supportive and, and the first person I ever showed a draft of the script to. And it's really meaningful to have, to have him be so encouraging and supportive of, of me, you know, branching out and doing things other than acting. Could not have a better mentor. You're, you're damn right. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, thank you so much for talking Pleasure to Pleasure talking us. to you. The film is Looper, and I'm Andrea Chase.